Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Medici Podcast. So today we have a trader, Scarpia, from Germany and I want to welcome her to the show. Thank you very much for joining. Hello Medici, thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's lovely. How have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. This week has been good so far. Um, That's yeah. good. Good. Yeah. So you managed to find some uh, liquidity in the markets to uh, capitalize on? Uh, yeah, I've been in uh, a few trades this week, but um, All right. yeah, it, it, I just feel like I've been uh, gaining some clarity over the past few weeks and I've yeah, been quite consistent, so I'm happy with that. Okay, and in what sense do you think you've got clarity, if you can elaborate a bit on that? Um, so I think it's it's kind of hard when you, when you start to trade to um, build your own strategy and to to tweak it in a way that like the strategy suits you yeah and obviously it's a long process um to find like what suits you best and i think uh i've tweaked my strategy in a way that it perfectly suits me and i know exactly what i'm looking for okay. so um that's that's some yeah okay that's some, interesting uh, yeah how did you get to uh tweaking this strategy where did you start from if you can give a little background on uh, what strategy you kind of started off with and how you managed to yeah. tweak yourself in if you had a mentor or anything. Yeah, so um, I started in 2019 yeah. and I started just like going through some YouTube videos and baby pips, just like basic, yeah. basic fundamentals and um, try to understand what trading is and how it works. And then I got into a community that uh, taught just basic price action and patterns and stuff just uh like basic retail trading um strategy yeah. and then later on i uh, worked with a dude who was in the community as well but he was quite profitable mm. already and did his own thing with like key zones and stuff um but he had like a, a different approach to the markets which uh i really enjoyed so i worked with him for a month and it like really helped me um i started to see like what is possible within the markets, so uh, that was quite quite nice um which was like gave me gave me the fuel to like continue and to see okay it's actually possible to make money in the markets mm -hmm. but um yeah later on i learned about um 2020 or worse uh, i learned about um smart money concepts basically mm -hmm. and liquidity and i think that was like the missing piece to being actually consistently profitable and so now i basically combine um yeah key zones and liquidity to the markets um my strategy is quite simple but yeah uh, i just like combined that and i tweaked it uh, over the past uh yeah year and now it's starting to pay off so that's that's great. And for the people out there that don't know what smart money concept is, can you maybe elaborate a bit on what does actually what does it actually entail? Yeah. So um, basically, there are like two major sites on the market. So yeah. the the smart money, which are like banks and financial institutions, yeah. that basically move the markets and and drive drive the price, yeah. um, because they obviously have have uh, bigger means on on driving driving the market Correct. and then there's uh, retail traders just like just like basically you and me <laughs> yeah. like 
or, or most people that don't really have the funds to, course, to move yeah. the market, obviously. Yeah. And um, just like I did, I started like learning on baby pips and just patterns, and basic basic strategies. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they basically trade that like trend line breakouts or support and resistance and stuff. And the smart money um, basically is against the retail traders and they try to find out, okay, where are their stops? And yeah. where where should uh, we move price for them to get liquidated, basically? Okay, yeah. So it takes a completely different aspect on, uh, yeah. You just look at zones and liquidity, which is essentially where the institutions are sitting. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What's your take on? Uh, so I've been actually doing some thinking about trend lines and resistance and everything in the last couple of weeks as well, because I've been implementing a new aspect to my trading. I don't believe that. Because at the end of the day, right, trend lines are subjective per yeah. individual, you know, um, do you think they actually work? Do you or do you think it's just luck in the statistical manner that people just get lucky by having a percent, 40 percent strike rate on the trend lines that they draw? Or what do you think about that? I think it's supposed to work uh, for like, um, yeah, I don't know how, how much out of like 10 times. I don't know. Mm. But. I think it's supposed to work so the the uh, smart money knows exactly where the stops are so they basically let the retail traders have their profit for a bit and then price crashes into into their long stops mm -hmm. basically yeah. so um it may work for one or two touches um which like you said like trend lines are subjective as well yeah um so it depends obviously if you're even capable of drawing them properly exactly but, uh, um yeah i think they're supposed to work for um for a few times but then you end up basically hoovering around break even because yeah. it basically doesn't work in the long term you basically just break even or in the loss so... i do i do i do agree because i think there is some certain technique on drawing trend lines there has to be some certain rules with price action because at the end of the day we're still looking at how price uh, has moved from certain levels because at the end of, of the day it's still zones where there's uh, liquidity to be filled so if there's certain yeah. price action has been met the trend line would work but if there was no specific price action that has been met the trend line wouldn't work except i'm pretty sure that most of the traders don't know about those kind of intricacies yeah yeah uh, like um a few, a few weeks ago i talked to someone um who I studied in, in the community I was with in 2019. Yeah. And um, we talked a bit at that time and we got back into like talking and we went over some charts and he just drew all these trend lines and said that, yeah, they are subjective, but if you draw them, um, like if you always have the same principle of drawing them, then you may be profitable. And then I basically showed him on how I see the markets and it was kind of, um, like surprising that he still still trades that way um yeah. and yeah it's just um yeah I mean, you, you just have to adapt and think think in an, in another way i guess yeah kind of think outside the box in some regard exactly exactly um and also also doing like the opposite of what the majority of people are doing yeah. I mean, if if you look on all these broker pages, you can see, okay, 90% of retail traders are losing money. And when you understand, okay, why is that? Then you may may know why price is going, where it's going. and Exactly. Um, 
yeah that that's actually interesting because also on broker pages or on like things like my book there are sections where you can see what the majority of people are longing and shorting and a good indicator for me is that if i'm in a short and most people are in a long there is a high possibility that my trade is going to go good exactly so exactly. That, that's also a good tool to use you know that uh, yeah. i got introduced as well from a couple of people in this space yeah but with this exactly, exactly. And with this strategy of yours, do you enter on the volume of uh, London, New York, or do you uh, like enter towards the fix? Because for me, my strategy goes again, like opposite to what many people in the space trade. Uh, I actually like to enter my positions during the fix towards the end of the day where London fix happens. So an hour prior to close, where I usually go with the flow of the profit taking for the day instead of mm -hmm. the actual volume uh, growth from the start of the day? How do you enter or when do you enter? Yeah, um, so I basically wake up almost in London, London Open or an hour before or yeah. two hours before, it depends. But um, I usually set my trades um, in the morning, so around like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. Yeah. And then I do my forecast and depending on price, how price evolves, I either have a limit set or I manually um, market execute. Mm -hmm. But I don't really have, um, I'd say I, I just trade in between like 6 a.m. to, to 6 p.m. because like with the overlapping of, of London and like late in the day with like London close, there might be like, um, yeah, new entries coming in. So I don't really, uh, just trade one session or, um, yeah, okay. that's, that's just how I do it. So you just adapt towards what uh, the market gives you. Yeah, exactly. I don't trade Asia though. Like, yeah, okay. Um, makes sense. I try to avoid that. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, how do you, so you have a trading plan, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. What are the yeah, biggest yeah. pitfalls you've been through to getting towards your secure trading plan you're at right now? And that you could recommend people getting into the space or that have been struggling for years to get over? Mm, I'd say be extremely consistent with journaling your trades. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have a physical journal and then I also screenshot my trades. But you should be taking a lesson from every loss and then tweak your trading plan accordingly. I mean, there has to be a balance because if you have your trading plans set and you have a blueprint of like data from backtesting or from from live trading or whatever yeah. and you have a trade and like once your probability doesn't work out then you instantly tweak your tweak your uh, trading plan yeah then you're set up for failure because you're just in a never-ending cycle correct because at some point you just have to have like this unshakable trust in your in your strategy and um yeah, just just trust in it. I mean, if you if you put in the work and if you did your journaling and backtesting or whatever, I mean, that's really important in the in the first uh, few years or months. Then just stick to your trading plan and only tweak it if you saw, like, if you look back um, on your trading from like the end of the month and you see a, a certain minor tweak that happened like say five times or six times, then you may want to tweak it, but you shouldn't tweak it after every loss you take, mm -hmm. um, that you instantly change your whole, whole approach. 
So, yeah, um, I fully agree with that. Yeah. I see a lot of traders. Um, well, I mean, I was one of those as well, where after every loss, I would take, I would say, okay, next time I'm gonna do something differently or risk this much different or I'll do this different. And that also brought me into a indefinite loop of constant losses because there was never a, my strategy never got tested on a prolonged period of time for overall like consistency, consistency, as you said. Exactly. But does this, this does actually bring up an interesting topic. Okay. You say traders have to stay consistent that will come up, but when do you know if trading is not for you? Because I'm pretty sure trading is not for most people. Or do you, mm. or do you think it can be for everyone? And what are the necessary shifts uh, that have to be implemented for one to uh, make it? Um, I think if trading is not for you, then you'll find out quite quickly. In what, say, um, in what way? Um, so if you start trading and a few months, uh, you say start a live trading with a small account and you just cannot handle the losses at all because you kept on like obsessing about the losses because I think like trading is mainly about accepting, accepting to lose. Mm -hmm. And um, if you just, if you cannot do it and if you're just absolutely um, emotional about your losses, then uh, I don't know, like it shouldn't be for you. I mean, I didn't experience it like that, mm -hmm. but um, I just kept on going, you know, if you don't have the drive and the, and the, if you don't see the purpose behind trading, um, right. then you're easily to give up and yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, how I would answer this question, for example, if trading is not for you is if you're not trying to improve yourself in all realms of, you know, your aspects of life for one main reason, because if trading is not going well and you're actually struggling to um, see why you're so attached to money or why you're so psychologically affected to losses, you can still tweak that. You know, you can still go to yeah. a psychologist, you can still break your subconscious barriers, you can still figure out what traumas you've had which are affecting this and what is stopping you from reaching full potential because trading in itself is such a all-round game where you're not exactly. only bettering yourself with finances, but you're bettering yourself with your psychology and your mindset. And as a really popular trader and fund manager once said, Anton Krill, is that trading is pretty much uh, crafting yourself as an all-around individual and focusing on everything, the whole package, and not only button clicking. Exactly. I would have added the same thing because trading isn't just trading it's it's your whole life because um if you if you say okay i'm gonna master the skill set like you said it's, it's, it's everything in your life you know like it it starts with family friends exactly. um um like psychology your own mind your own beliefs your, environment. Uh, your childhood yeah your environment um yeah. your perspective on money um exactly. learning a skill set losing money uh winning money yeah. Uh, all that stuff, like it goes from A to Z and it, it, it doesn't stop. I mean, if you have a strategy that works for you, yeah, um, you shouldn't get complacent or stop, stop improving on yourself as well. Yeah, I fully agree. And what I did want to add about Anton Krill is what he said was most traders, most good traders have a really boring, consistent lifestyle, like you said, with consistency, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people watch Wolf of Wall Street and they're like, okay, 
you know, I'll become a trader because yeah. it pays a lot and I get to do a lot of things and, you know, yacht parties and everything that's been mentioned mm -hmm. in movies as such, you know. But I believe that's such a wrong stigma around trading because in essence, it's such a boring, it, it is, it's not boring, but it is a very boring kind of calm activity, which is done in a really like calm space in comparison to what the movies are showing you. I would say the exactly. people that are pro portrayed in such movies are either, uh, you know, marketeers and they do marketing for huge hedge funds or there's some other element to it than just actual consistent trading. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree with you. And there's like this, this stigma around like trading as in, okay, that's gambling or as well. like everyone like loses money in it. Yeah, a lot of people probably do, but um, they don't understand all the aspects that are like coming into play with trading, uh, sure. just like we, like we just said. Correct. Correct. They do compare trading to like gambling. And I mean, I would say that for majority of participants, it is gambling because neither do they understand what's going on. But even if it's not gambling, there's still so many factors such as, you know, manipulation in the market that for an average retail trader, they are, you know, unless there is a professional mechanical approach to their strategy, I do believe even if you're not gambling and you understand the zones, you're still in such a game where you will be liquidated because unless you have yeah. a systematical professional approach to uh, creating a trade idea, which ticks all the boxes, you're not even trading. You might just be lucky, but if you take your, yeah. uh, if you take the data over two year time frame, I'm pretty sure you'll still not be consistently uh, profitable. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's exactly. one thing that traders really have to do is a systematical approach to their execution and trade idea generation which really sadly not a lot of courses or you know there's pretty much no courses out there that teach you that uh unless you've got people in the insider circles that can teach you that from uh institutional kind of uh side such as people like anton creel or you've got you know people that figure it out but there's a very very few uh, minority of those people out there i think yeah Hey, so tell me, how do you adapt your emotions to the market and to your strategy that you don't get emotionally tapped in and uh, bothered by what's going on? Um, I think, like for me at least, it's it's just having having um, fixed habits and not necessarily a fixed routine because yeah. uh, I think we always deviate from like having a routine and being too strict about it. Also, like destroys the fun of fun of life, basically. Correct. But um, it's more of like having having certain habits yeah. that make you feel so confident in yourself that you have the discipline like for example i'm i'm uh, five out of seven days i take cold showers yeah and it may, might sound silly okay yeah that's easy but um it builds your discipline and most people cannot do it i mean even this small thing of taking a cold shower builds your discipline and like your your pride in yourself basically so all of these things um when you when you do these things consistently and if you're consistent and like okay waking up in the morning and doing your forecast or like every day you take a cold shower or um like like these kind of habits or you eat healthy and stuff yeah. um and if you're really consistent with it um and you track that um i'd recommend like for all these people out there trying to 
like build habits it's easy to say okay i will i will uh, wake up every day at 6 a.m or whatever yeah. but if you don't track it and if you don't hold yourself accountable then you're likely not to do it so um yeah so i think when you build consistency in other areas in your life yeah. then trading becomes easier as well and additionally if you have this unshakable belief that your strategy works and you've proven it and you know it works then all you have to do is basically execute and as you build discipline in other areas in your life you can apply it to trading more easily as well so there's less emotions by by uh, having these positive emotions to your trading obviously it shouldn't be like your ego or like you shouldn't be so prideful or so confident that you take like silly trades yeah. but it should be a healthy um, confidence that you like actually believe in yourself and you believe yeah. it's just a matter of time until I make money because every day I'm putting in the work and that's the only thing that is holding me back from achieving my my goals because it's just like I said it's just a matter of time then yeah that however I do have a comment on that I think sure you might be doing something and you might be going on with a strategy and you're thinking to yourself okay at one point i should make money but personally for myself i did get caught up in a loop where i did think that for i think two years and then when i looked at my overall profitability i was net break even and i think that is an all right way to look at things but i do believe you have to kind of uh actually track if what you're doing is legit because you can be telling yourself you're going to make money and i do believe it's also a loop to kind of positively feed your brain with dopamine saying that okay one day is going to work one day is going to work but you need to also see results and let's say you're working for three months and your results are minimum i do believe you need to start sitting with yourself and for like a couple of days and see okay what am i doing why is my you know net profitability still break even why haven't achieved this why haven't achieved that because I do believe that a lot of traders get into trading and sit for five years potentially with a net break even or a net loss or slightly just below their net break even and they're pondering what's going on is because maybe they have this belief of, okay maybe at some point i will make money whereas in some times it's either not meant for them or they need to drastically change the way they are kind of have the, their milestones in place and actually kind of see what's going on i believe yeah do you do you refer that basically just to your strategy or to your emotions um, just like tracking tracking your emotions and tracking how you feel or think, tracking your both. losses and wins yeah I, th I think both i mean for trading in itself like definitely if you're trading like for six months and you're still net break even you've got to analyze what has the market done has there been opportunities have i capitulated on the opportunities based on my trading plan have I deviated off my trading plan based on my emotions? And then you go check your emotions. Because when I used to journal my trades, I used to journal my emotions before and after the trade. And let's say there's a huge deviation from month two and six in an unhealthy direction where, or let's say not much change happened in the emotions, then I'm pretty sure that in one and a half years, the outcome of my profitability will still be the same. Mm. So I think that you have to kind of check your trading in milestones where, you know, has my emotional shift changed from okay i've been very emotional before a trade to i'm still very emotional after the trade to six months later where i feel no emotion because i know this trade has worked out before due to the zone here and here and i know that the stops are here 
and then post trade it's like i've lost the trade but i'm still not bothered or feeling or like i'm not uh, bulged by this whole uh trade because i knew my trade idea generation was correct and i'll just carry on executing the next trade and if you don't see that kind of change in your emotions i do believe that you're either too emotional still and you need to learn otherwise you're going to be stuck in that indefinite loop yeah yeah Sa same with the trading i do believe that if you have for example let's say you have a third touch trend line entry and you've taken that same third touch trend line entry for the last six months and you've lost it every single time i'm pretty sure that majority of people will just be stuck in that loop of taking it or just start drawing a different trend line but with the exact same result and there you can lose literally three years on that and you've made no money and you've not adapted so working in milestones one of the biggest things that has taught me to actually make money in this market yeah yeah how did you um how did you um find out about like these questions did you did you have like someone to uh tell you okay ask yourself this and that or you know was this it is, just this because really it's all about asking questions yeah you're absolutely right it is all about asking questions i fully agree with you um you know this is actually funny but for me where this kind of came from is from crypto where I would make my investments and my investments would fluctuate net break even or they would be just slightly positive and at one point across my journey I asked myself why am I not making insane returns if market is providing me with such opportunities and I sat down for a good two weeks I remember and I really wrote out my whole strategy of what I do literally from A to Z how I evaluate my coins or investments and I evaluate what's going on. And at one point I saw an exact same problem. I was making a problem in my investments and how I saw them. And then I was like, okay, I haven't changed this for the last year. And if I haven't changed this for the last year, that's exactly why I haven't made a great scale returns for the last year. And then I was like, okay, let me take this back to Forex. And I took it back to Forex. And that's exactly what I did. I broke down my strategy from A to Z, my emotions A to Z. And that's where I was like, okay, I make my pitfall here. I have a pitfall here. And these are the things I need to tweak. And only then is when I realized my subconscious blocks. And then I went and then I had a psychologist as a few of you know from my previous podcasts. And that's where I was able to pinpoint those issues. And that's where the breakthrough happened where I was like, okay, I fixed this, I fixed that. Where am I blocked now? What do I need to fix now? And that is where I actually became for the major part, um, profitable because I've actually broken through the loophole of this comfort of not be of being scared to kind of question myself of what's going on because that's the last thing before I end this little TED talk uh, it's where you know what's actually happening to you that's not allowing you to make profit what because you know in a job you have a nine-to-five usually and people sometimes don't want to leave their nine to five simply due to their comfort zone and their kind of thought of oh another company is scary well i don't think trading is any different because in in trading what people do is they find a strategy and then they're okay with having a net profitable loss or uh, i mean a net sorry a net break even or a net like just above you know break even and then they go for it for mm -hmm. like three four years and then they're like oh nothing really changed, but I'm a trader. And you're not a trader. You're just literally repeating your same mistake for how many years straight. Yeah. And also like it, like we talk about belief um, systems, which you 
you basically build them in childhood and you carry on for the rest of your life. And it's just like these belief systems that are um, basically until you start trading, you have a lot of belief systems. But when you when it comes to trading, um, you also believe like a build belief systems within the markets. So if your belief is so strong um, that a third trend line touch always works, but the markets have shown you otherwise, yeah, then it's also like a belief that you built over time, maybe because of a mentor or someone you look up to and they maybe trade that way, or at least like you think they trade that way. Exactly. Then, yeah. then it's also belief like you just have to like break it down from A to Z yeah. and just be extremely honest to yourself. That's it. You, you pinpointed it right there. You have to be honest to yourself. If you're not honest to yourself in this game and you're not, willing to look in the mirror and say yo these are my flaws this 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 you won't make it because yeah. the market doesn't actually give a fuck about what you think or what your beliefs are because the liquidity zones of institutions are there and they're meant to actually wipe every single individual out there in the retail space and if they're gonna manipulate the space they will and if you've got to believe that oh because this zone is some special zone no one cares you'll still get wiped and you'll still be making the same mistake for three years straight just because you have some belief so well well said there you really hit the nail on the head i do agree yeah and i i also agree on what you said about um like asking the questions but then also like you said you sat down for two weeks and broke everything down but um people shouldn't always just do that when they when they have like a huge loss or they they blew that blew their account um, yeah. but rather what i do is um uh, I, I write down every trade i take in my physical journal yeah. and at the end of the week uh, i just look back and yeah. on every trade i write down a lesson and if you do that then every loss you took um is basically a lesson that you paid for yeah but you should take a lesson from every single trade you take and then believe or imagine where you're going to be in a year from now if you do that consistently because if you do that end of the week say sunday you you sit down and write down all your lessons and then you read it again and again the week after you know you're not going to make these mistakes again no yes yeah, i totally agree. you repeat it in your mind basically totally agree well said and also i want to touch upon the thing you said about um when they blow an account that's when they have this a to z breakdown but a majority of cases they have that uh loss of account that they blow and they get liquidated but instead of actually sitting down and figuring out what went wrong majority of traders even mess that up they take a break from trading and then they're like okay i'll take a two-week break and then i'll come back in essence again that's also a loop because they indefinitely get into the same spiral of making the same mistake and taking breaks you can literally be trading for 10 years like that and make zero money and still call yourself a trader and that is why i believe so many or there's so much negative stigma around trading is because these kind of people kind of bring you know this energy to the space i think yeah yeah in, in i totally some, agree in, in some regard because real trading is like what we talked about is nothing like portrayed on instagram or whatever it's nothing to do with that <laughs> nah. not at nah, all nah, nah. um let's move on to a different topic um we've talked about emotions and trading plans but environment and uh, something I'm interested to hear from you is do you choose your environment of people carefully or are you open to anyone coming across your path? How do you 
you know, how do you associate the relevant people in your environment? Um, I think like when I started three years ago, um, I definitely lost a, lost a lot of friends, but I'm not sad at all about that because I know, okay, we're not on the, on the same, same path and we're not, uh, looking out for the same destination. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously life isn't a destination, but like a journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but like, I think. A lot of people have like so many friends and when you start trading and you have like all these all these friends and like it's important for you to uh for them to to like you and stuff yeah. that it could hold you back for sure so especially if you're not on the same journey and you're you just have friends that are like partying every weekend and stuff or they are just like pursuing a nine to five or want to go to union like just just uh yeah work a nine to five then you cannot like push yourself uh, push each other yeah. to go into the same direction and push yourself to get better so i yeah. think if you lose a lot of friends throughout your journey on trading and crypto and stuff then you shouldn't be too sad about losing losing these friends because <laughs> letting them go is also like a very important step to that i guess and finding new people in that area is even more important because like I said, you, you push each other and you, you just get better over time together. And by amplifying the knowledge that you have or like by, by sharing knowledge that you have and you always get something in return. Um, so I think that's very important to yeah. hear like that. Sure. Uh, you said university and work. Um, yeah, my, my feeling towards that is, you know, a little mixed because I, I personally don't find it bad that if people go to university or they have a nine to five i do believe we start somewhere you know in essence i do believe that it's a little overrated when people say you know drop out and get off your work yeah. and you know you'll become a trader i think that's also a mistake people make you know go to university if you need to get your degree so you have a basis but put in the work next to that or have a nine to five and put the work next to that save up and then transition because it's wrong. It doesn't work in the real world where you stop with university and then the next day you become a professional trader. It's not that when you work a nine to five, you have like 10 or 15 grand in savings and then you stop with work and then you become an amazing trader in a month. I think that is a huge mistake people make in this transition. And not only can they mess up their whole life like that, but they also think that it's so easy. And if you need to work in parallel or you need to study in parallel, do so because exactly. the more security, you know, in parentheses essentially the better it is for you yeah exactly especially in the beginning when you don't really know what you're doing and people may think they do know but you don't really know uh, i mean you don't have to have the experience and the time uh that you put in there yeah. so you just need you just need a few years or a few months and I, I, it obviously depends on the person but um yeah, yeah. I, fully, I fully agree and that's the thing as well with um with myself when I dropped out the first time out of university that is exactly the mistake I made of thinking you know I'll be an insane trader multimillionaire by the age of what 21 or 20 when I was back then and sure I've made a bit of money but it was nowhere near you know the amount to keep me sustainable so that made me to find a job and then I reapplied for another degree and only after so many years of consistent work can I actually start detaching from this societal system of university and work but it's definitely not an overnight success 
No, for sure. And I totally think that like for, for a lot of people going to uni or working in nine to five is probably the, 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 the right thing. And Honestly, they probably I agree. Yeah, I agree. Want to go that way. So I, I totally respect that. And there's sure, a lot yeah. of, lot of good people out there, but yeah, 100%. if you're just like not on the same level as in like, um, mindset and stuff or seeking then... something in life like this. Yeah, exactly. Then you just have to see, okay, where can we meet or how can we like communicate or how can we learn from each other? So fully agree. Yeah, that's I, I fully agree. And I think some people's intentions in life are not to make a lot of money and, you know, drive an insane car. For some people, it's to be a good father or a good mother or maybe even just be a, or have like pets and just, you know, be a good pet owner. You know, not mm -hmm. everything in life has to stem from monetary value. But I do believe that for those that do, they need to have this clear intention, kind of clear route. But there's a lot of good people, like you said, who are doing university and work and they love their nine to five and they found their their value as a person in something else. So I totally respect that, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. About the topic, when I start like getting into. Yeah, just just quick note. When I start get, to get into trading and I also like. Uh, read some books about like basic um, finances and stuff like like you said people should um, like in the beginning stages they shouldn't rush the process and rather go to uni or go have a nine-to-five because that's a time when you can build and build your skill set but also save the money so in a few years time you can use that money to build your build your career or build your trading account exactly. so that's very important too, to exactly. to be grateful for that time and be grateful for your nine to five because you still have the security, which later on you won't have. And you have to like, that's a big learning process as well. Letting go of that security. Well, security is a really interesting term. If you're working a nine to five, how much security do you actually have? That's also, <laughs> I yeah, think that's yeah, a really yeah. subjective matter because, you know, if you're working on your, for yourself and you've got like a, a, a big amount of money, potentially if you're providing an actual service or you're providing value maybe you're more secure than someone who just works a nine to five and is only proficient in one aspect in their life so the regards of security i'm not too sure if i agree there but in terms of like risk um the risk of working for yourself is is i think far less well yeah. in, in the initial instance it's far greater than working for someone else but if you're working for yourself, the risk initially is bigger. But at the end of the day, it's not because it pays off as you create a all-rounded individual, which can be applied to many aspects in life. And you can actually fit maybe a lot of positions and not only one, right? Because in a company, you may be only proficient in one sector, but as a trader or, you know, as a what we do, working for self-entrepreneurs, as so people call them, you know, we are, we can fit in many places. Yeah, exactly. I was basically just referring to the security of people uh, going to nine to five and getting the salary at the end of the month, which is some kind of security. Obviously, you could like get fired or whatever. Or you could just lose your job in a second. Yeah. But that kind of security, even though it's imaginary, um, is like you, you should be grateful for that. And later on, obviously, like um, like Antoine Creel said that, too that if you quit your job and you have a salary, yearly salary um, of say, I don't know, 50K, yeah. and yeah. you quit your job, the upside is infinite. 
yeah you can make whatever amount of money you can make a million you can make 100k whatever but if you if you stay in that stay in that job and you don't pursue anything else you still be be limited with the with the 80k uh, 50k for example that you get from your yearly salary but if you quit your job the only downside is you won't get that 50k salary and yeah so so i think like quitting your job when you when you think the time is right and when you build your skill set is actually not like you said not that big of a risk because you could still go back in your nine to five anytime exactly but the time you have and the the knowledge you may acquire is like invaluable exactly so. i totally agree and i think what you said is like when the time is right for me uh let's say you're working a job and you're making let's do it a little different 24,000 a year you know just your average salary mm-hmm. personally yeah. the time is right is if you're making right equivalent to that or more in your side hobby then your main job is when i would say you would quit let's say you're let's say you're you know some people take a loan and they get 15,000 a year you know a student loan i don't know just as an example if you as a student can generate more than 15,000 a year on your endeavors or your hobbies or something that you take seriously, okay, that is a green light for you to start thinking about dropping out of university. Let's say you do a job and you work and you get 100k a year and you're making in your own endeavors 40k, sure you may live off that, but I still think it's really silly in regards to drop a 100k job and lose the other 60k to work for 40k just for, to work for yourself you can you can rather yeah. stack 140k a year for a couple of years and then actually capitulate and then working on yourself like working for yourself in a little longer term but you still made way more money and i see i actually met a couple of people who made a mistake dropping out of insane jobs where they would be earning i don't know maybe a quarter million a year like working for a boss to go to for example trading or something in this regard and they're making 25k a year for me personally i think that's pretty silly if you're gonna argue to me that yeah i like my freedom sure but you could have played it way smarter and financially to actually set yourself up to win on a greater scale i think yeah yeah Um, yeah i agree with you so do you diversify the people in your environment per field? Let's say, you know, Forex or you go hobbies or you do this or that, or are those people that you stick through thick and thin for every endeavor that you pursue? Um, I'd say like I have friends in like crypto, Forex and personal life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd rather say not really categorize them, but with people in my personal life, Maybe I cannot talk to them about Forex stuff because they don't understand what I'm doing there, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's more, more like that. Yeah. Okay. And then the final question on that is how do you know when it's time to drop somebody from your circle? Um, when they have a draining energy field, basically. <laughs> can you, can you explain uh, when, that for everyone out there? <laughs> when they, when you're around them and first you're not yourself which you will notice quite quite quickly when you have to like be someone that you're actually not i mean that sounds quite basic but if you're not interested in the stuff that they're saying which sounds kind of rude but 
uh, if it is like that, then you shouldn't really be engaging with them. Okay. Respectfully, respectfully. So, yeah, if if they're on a, on another level, and you're just not there to understand them, then basically, it's time to like say goodbye, but respectfully. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you about a statement. Um, if you have a very rich friend, well, friend, uh, or somebody in your circle who you aspire to be as rich, or you want to be like them because they're successful in their endeavors but they have no morals or ethics in the things they do but you also have a very poor or very like uh let's say unsuccessful person in your circle but they're very loyal loving and have a lot of moral and ethics in the endeavors that they pursue how who would you keep in your circle and how would you go about you know having these people in your circle do you keep people that are unsuccessful but very loyal and have a lot of morals or how do you go about this statement that yes, you shouldn't only judge about richness and materialism. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I would say that obviously people who are loyal and understanding, loving and all that stuff, that is like the most important thing overall, right. for sure. But if you have like a friend that may, you may not agree with certain behaviors or um, like, I don't know, like stuff like that as long as they don't disrespect you you mm. can still learn from them i mean if they're rich they must have done something right usually i or if they've got they've just been lucky then unless they come from a rich not family much, yeah exactly oh, yeah. then it's like different but if they actually build something then you're able to learn something from them for sure and you don't have to i mean if you're friends with someone that you aspire to be like yeah uh, doesn't mean you have to have to um, adapt every single behavior that they have like you can still obviously you should always be critical yeah and always like ask questions or um think for yourself but if, if there's a rich person that you aspire to be like there's obviously something that you can learn from them even yeah. though you may disagree on other things so I, i'd say there has to be a balance in everything especially friends if you have personal friends that you can talk to about like everything but also people who are loyal and um all that stuff they could work in nine to five and yeah, yeah whatever yeah like, i like your view on this have yeah. A balance. yeah i agree no that that's uh that's right i like your opinion on this i mean uh we've had a really nice talk and i've gone through everything that uh, i was interested in and i mean if you have anything you want to add or still discuss feel free you know we've had a really uh solid conversation yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, and uh, thank you for sharing your insights and your opinions on uh, these topics. I really do hope uh, people out there will take note because we've touched upon some uh, important aspects, uh, which this day I see people still struggle with. So hopefully you guys learn something. Once again, Scarpia, thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thank you too. Yeah, and uh, on this note, then I say stay tuned, guys. There's more to come. Take care and goodbye. Thank <music> you.